Welcome back to the Daily Devotion. My name is Kevin. I'm the pastor of Christ Church Conway, the congregation of the Presbyterian Church in America here in Conway, Arkansas. The Daily Devotion is a time for us to be strengthened in our faith through the study of Scripture and theology. We're working our way through the book of 1 Peter. We took a break, as we always do on Wednesdays, yesterday for Westminster Wednesday, to look briefly at one section of the Confession of Faith. And today we're back in to 1 Peter, this great letter that the Apostle Peter wrote to the elect exiles to comfort them with the gospel of Jesus Christ in their suffering. We're up to 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 17 through 21, which, as I've told you before, in the Greek is one long sentence, but it's a fantastically rich sentence. So we're breaking it up and kind of taking it piece by piece. This morning we're up to verse 20 of 1 Peter chapter 1. So I'm going to read verses 17 through 21 so that we can get the have the general flow of thought in our mind. And then I'll pray for us and offer a few thoughts of what we see and the comfort that we find with the truths that are announced in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 20. This is what Peter writes. And if you call on him as father who judges impartially according to each one's deeds, conduct yourselves with fear throughout the time of your exile, knowing that you were ransomed from the futile ways inherited from your forefathers, not with perishable things such as silver or gold, but with the precious blood of Christ, like that of a lamb without blemish or spot. For he was foreknown before the foundation of the world, but was made manifest in the last times for the sake of you, who through him are believers in God, who raised him from the dead and gave him glory, so that your faith and hope are in God. Father, as we take a minute this morning to look at your word and to meditate on what it is that you teach us, we ask that you would strengthen us by your spirit, that I may speak in his power, that we all may hear with his help, that we might be transformed from one glory to another, even as we gaze upon your glory and the glory of your son and the glory of your spirit this morning together. We ask this in Christ's most precious name. Amen. Well, as we look at this, we've seen Peter diving in to some of the realities and really beginning to press home some of the realities of what it means for us to have God as our Father. That because we have Him as our Father, we are both His children uh, in in our identity, but also that, that we now live according to the character of our Father, even as we do with our earthly parents. We've seen how all of this hinges on and is predicated on the reality of the redemption purchased for us by Christ that is different than the redemption that they saw of slaves that that came through the pagan temples. This, he reminds us, isn't done with perishable things, but with the very blood of Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God, who was perfect without blemish or spot. Then in verse 20, he tells us a few more things about this Christ. And it's structured in the Greek. There are two uh, participles that are set up with uh, the way we would normally kind of deal with it is on the one hand, this, but on the other hand, this. And so there are these two participles and, and these three prepositional phrases that kind of encapsulate this incredible idea that really undergirds the reality of the security that we have in Jesus Christ. So verse 19 in the Greek ends with the word Christ, and then verse 20 gives some qualifiers. 
the one who was on the one hand foreknown before the foundations of the world, but on the other hand was revealed in the last times on account of you. That's kind of a, a literal translation. On the one hand, he was foreknown before the foundation of the world. On the other hand, he was revealed in the last times on account of you. So you've got this first prepositional phrase reminding us that Christ as the Redeemer, that's the context here. This isn't just Christ as the second person of the Trinity. This is speaking to more than just his existence, his eternal existence. This is him being foreknown as the Redeemer before the foundations of the world. That's an incredible thought. Because if he was foreknown as the Redeemer, as the Lamb whose blood would be slain, as the one who would ransom people for God, if he was foreknown as the Redeemer before the foundations of the world, then that means that this was kind of always God's plan, to redeem a people for himself. And in fact, this is exactly what we see. I'm going to read a number of verses here where we see all throughout the New Testament that yes, in fact, God's plan of redemption is an eternal plan of redemption. First, in Revelation chapter 13, John is writing here about this vision of the beast that he saw rising. And he says this in verses 7 and 8. Also it, that, that is the beast, was allowed to make war on the saints and to conquer them. And authority was given it over every tribe and people and language and nation. And all who dwell on earth will worship it, everyone whose name has not been written before the foundation of the world in the book of life of the Lamb who was slain. So, so notice that there is this predetermination of the redemption of the names that are written in the Lamb's book of life. And those that aren't, those that aren't suffer under the reign of the beast. Matthew chapter 25 verses 31 through 34, we read this. When the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, then he will sit on his glorious throne. Before him will be gathered all the nations, and he will separate people one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. And he will place the sheep on his right, but the goats on the left. Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. There we see that the kingdom is prepared for us from before the foundation of the world, that this is an eternal redemption, an eternal kingdom that we have been brought into by the blood of Christ, by the Christ who was foreknown before the foundations of the world. Similarly, in Ephesians chapter 1, beginning in verse 3, we read this. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him. In love, he predestined us for adoption to himself as sons through Jesus Christ, according to the purpose of his will, to the praise of his glorious grace, with which he has blessed us in the beloved. See, the reality of the biblical testimony is that the foreknowledge of God, him knowing who it is that he would redeem and 
him knowing the kingdom that was prepared before us and him knowing Christ, his son, as the redeemer from the before the foundations of the world. All of these are thoroughly biblical ideas. To be sure, they, they crawl all over our notions of these utterly free wills, that, that we are these you know entirely free beings that can't be acted upon unless we are willing to be acted upon. It flies all over such notions of independence and freedom and all of those ideas that we try to hold so dearly. But it's a thoroughly biblical idea. And it should be a, tremendous, a tremendously comforting idea for us. So that's the first half of what Peter tells us here about the Christ, that he was foreknown from before the foundations of the world. That, that he was known by God as the Redeemer, as the one who would redeem his people, whose names were written in the book of life, that they might enter a kingdom, all of which was from the foundations of the world. On the one hand, he was foreknown. On the other hand, he was revealed in these last days. He was foreknown and now he has been revealed. We've been talking about these ideas on Sunday as we've been working through the parables of the kingdom. We, we saw these realities come up even this past Sunday as we dealt with the fact that the light came into the world, that, that it was made manifest in order that it might be known. And in these last times, that is the last times or all those days following the advent of Christ, Though we live in the last days, and, and every Christian since Jesus has lived in the last days, in these last days, Jesus has been revealed. The one who was foreknown as the Redeemer from before the foundations of the world has now been made manifest in the world that we might know him that we might find hope in him, that our redemption might be secure and complete in his work, in what he has done to bring about, to accomplish our redemption for us. He has been manifest. He has been revealed. He came and he lived and died and rose again in victory over sin and death, that we might have life. What God had planned from the before the foundations of the world, he has now brought about through Jesus Christ. But there's this final prepositional phrase in verse 20. He was foreknown before the foundation of the world, on the one hand. On the other hand, he was made manifest in the last times, on account of you, or as the ESV translates it, for the sake of you. Now we've got to ask a question here. Does this last prepositional phrase modify only his being revealed or both his being revealed and his being foreknown? I, I take it to modify both. He was foreknown on account of us and revealed on account of us. And we take it this way because of what we've seen, that the plan of redemption that God set in place, he set in place from before the foundations of the world. Here's what this means. God loved and desired you, dear Christian, from before the foundations of the world. 
He created you to redeem you. He created you to love you. He created you that you might be secure in the kingdom of Jesus Christ that was prepared before the foundation of the world for you who were known before the foundation of the world to be redeemed by him who was known before the foundation of the world. The foreknowledge of God as it pertains to redemption speaks to the security we have in Jesus Christ. This is why Paul can say in Romans 8 that nothing will separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus. And this is why Peter can write so boldly to those suffering for their faith. It is God keeping us, and he is keeping us through Jesus, the one foreknown and and revealed for us. Your redemption, your security, does not depend on your present circumstances. It depends on God's eternal plan of redemption that he has brought to fruition in Jesus Christ. You were created, dear Christian, to be redeemed by Jesus. Rest in him. Amen.